0: Hello, and welcome to the Wabi Sabi series podcast, unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, a corporate exec turned author who has recently written a series of books about topics we don't often talk about things like death, grief, not having kids, and the unexplained power doctors often wield over us. Apparently, some of my books have made some people feel a little uncomfortable but I felt that I wanted to have far more conversations around weird, wonderful, and sometimes taboo topics. So I reached out to some interesting people and asked them just one question. If there is one topic that you'd love society to talk more about, what would it be and why? And what they've shared with me has been amazing. So let's dive in and see where the conversation takes us.
1: Personal stories, first of all, they're more interesting and engaging, so you've got people's attention. They're definitely better to help people understand the message and then remember it, and then if they need to, retell other people, so a personal story will do that.
0: The topic today is not what you traditionally call an uncomfortable conversation, but my guest is so passionate about storytelling and the difference it can make in our lives, I couldn't resist getting her on the show. You see, Gabrielle Dolan sure can tell a story or two. In fact, it was while working in a senior leadership role at National Australia Bank that she realized the power of storytelling in effective business communication. Since that epiphany, Gabrielle has found her calling as a global thought leader on authentic leadership and business storytelling. For over 16 years, Gabrielle has been talking about the power of storytelling many years before people even believed in storytelling in business. And she's now considered a global expert in business storytelling and real communication. Gabrielle is a highly sought after keynote speaker and best-selling author of seven books. Her client list is extensive and the highlight of her career so far is meeting Barack Obama while delivering storytelling training for the Obama Foundation. So I wanna get into that and find out a little bit more about what happened. Gabrielle is a founder of Jargon Free Fridays, a concept I love, and her dedication to the industry was recognized when she was awarded Communicator of the Year for 2020 by International Association of Business Communicators. Gabrielle is so refreshingly down to earth, and when I first saw her speak a few years back, I loved the simplicity she brought to what some feel is a complicated topic. You've got a speech to deliver? Well, storytelling helps you resonate and people can relate to you more. You've got an important message that you want to get across to your staff. Storytelling also enables cut through and people just don't use it enough. They don't think about it in that way. So we go deep in this concept today and I cannot wait to get stuck in and find out how I can do all these things better. So Gabrielle, it is fabulous to have you here today. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Michelle. I'm um, intrigued by what lays ahead with this conversation.
0: Gabrielle, if there is one thing you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Well, it's about story and why story matters. Why is storytelling so important to you? I mean, you've your whole life... Now, on um, making a living around teaching others how to storytell. So, why are you so passionate about this topic? Michelle, I spent my life um, in
1: corporate Australia. So, you know, working probably the first 20 years in, you know, National Australia Bank, being in meeting after meeting after meeting and walking out going, oh my God, that was so boring. And presentation after presentation was so boring. It just felt like Every meeting was a waste of time, that it wasn't, you know, people didn't know how to communicate properly. And it was sort of towards the last couple of years of my time at NAB where I noticed that the really good communicators were sharing stories and the really good presenters were sharing stories. And I, I guess I, I knew myself that being a good storyteller was important. I, would, I think I just picked that up, being able to entertain people. I was always known as the, uh, the class clown at, at school. And, um, you know, being able to tell a good story was a really good way to entertain people it was a sort of case of well you can still uh, educate people and entertain people at the same time and I think it's the best combination and what I started to notice is that the really good leaders were sharing stories and the really brilliant presenters were sharing stories so um, I sort of noticed that about 20 years ago and and um, I've ever since I well I left NAB not shortly after and ever since I've been teaching business people, how to just communicate more effectively and in a more engaging way and in a more authentic way through sharing stories.
0: Yeah, it's fabulous. And I've obviously seen you speak, you're amazing on the stage and you do bring some beautiful anecdotes in. And I think that's the thing that we remember, right? We, you know, it's always that stuff around, you know, how you make other people feel, but there are elements to you, you know, those story kind of components that resonates with someone else that you know connects us from a human level that's really interesting and i think you know obviously with our culture in australia around our indigenous community and all around storytelling such a big component to their history and their you know their lives and their you know how they share um you know components it's fabulous so i love this work
1: i agree if you you don't you don't need
0: to look any further
1: than our first nations people to see the effectiveness of storytelling that the fact that they have been telling stories for tens of thousands of years the same story and it has not lost its meaning so these stories have been passed on generation after generation after generation for tens of thousands of years as a way to still communicate a message and you know didn't have to write it down no knowledge database going on it was just um it did not lose its effectiveness because it was told through a story and and i think that's the power of it that people understand it more effectively when it's in a story they actually remember it and they're able to retell it which whether you're talking to your team or whether you're talking to your kids or whether you're talking you know to customers or stakeholders getting them to understand what you're saying and remember it and then maybe being able to retell it to others that's if you can get that done you are communicating effectively
0: but to be entertaining or interesting or to really resonate i'm trying to think about some of the most amazing storytellers i've you know, been exposed to and some have been on the stage and some have just like literally around a campfire. I remember when I lived in Northern Territory and how they were incredible storytellers at times. Sometimes it was the quietest, most unassuming person that, you know, would come out with the most phenomenal stories and blow you away. And I think it was because it was so unusual, but I was curious in your view and especially, you know, into social media, I want to dig into that sort of side as well. But Do you think that you need either confidence or, you know, the point about being the class clown and, you know, loving to make people laugh? And so you had a confidence element around being able to tell stories, you know, how do you guide people with that around, you know, being a good storyteller?
1: Yeah. So first of all, you don't need that. You don't. I was the class clown. So my natural style is to be funny. And so a lot of my stories and anecdotes will, will have a funny element, but not all of them to it. So this is absolutely about being your authentic self. And you're right. I've seen some of the um, really good stories just come from people sharing, like just sharing them. Even when I do presentation training, I, you know, I guess there's some people that you would consider pretty dry presenters. But when it gets to the point where they're sharing a story, it's like they naturally come alive because they're reliving it. So it's not about being an entertainer. I, I, I shouldn't say that, but it's, it is. It is the, the reality is when you share a story, a good one, people are interested. And because as humans, we're interested in stories, it's the way we communicate. So it isn't about being the big entertainer on stage, but it is about finding your own personal stories that people would be interested in. And if they're interested in it, you've got them engaged, you've got them listening the whole time. I mean, you know, that's... Hanging on their seats.
0: Well, exactly. (laughs) I
1: mean, part of the reasons most meetings are boring in business and presentations is like because people have actually stopped listening because they're not... Interesting in the first place, you haven't even got their attention in the first place, you're not going to get people's attention by throwing up a, you know, slide with a whole bunch of bullet points on it. So a story sort of captures all that.
0: So are there, you know, a structure that you sort of tell people? Like is it sort of a key kind of tip points about saying, you know, you need to start with a, you know, the old uh, like hero's journey? <laughs>
1: <Stop>. <laughs>
0: I advise against the hero's journey
1: only because one of the reluctance people have with sharing personal stories is they sort of go, well, uh, like, I'm just normal. I don't have any, ma- like, nothing majors happened to my, me in my life, so no one would be interested in my stories. I sort of go, this isn't Hollywood. We're not about the hero's journey. I mean, something mildly intriguing needs to have happened i do teach a structure and the structure i actually teach is um beginning middle and end and i know that might sound really really simple but there's some really common mistakes people make like you know you don't want to be starting your story with let me tell you a story and you don't want to be ending your story with the moral of the story is or the reason i'm telling you this story is so there there is a structure that i actually teach people
0: And do you think that um, some people, uh, you know, especially these days in social media, I'm curious on your view of this is, you know, given now we have, you know, what's called stories in Instagram, which is hilarious. So do you think people, you know, give too much away now? So, you know, under that almost guise of authenticity and, you know, I want to be genuine. So I want to share every bloody thing about, you know, minutia part about my life. What's your view on that? Because, you know, being in this game for 20 years, I mean, you would see this has changed phenomenally. So I'd love to hear your take on it two answers
1: to that question first of all no one even used the word stories a lot 20 years ago especially in business and now I do find it funny that everyone is calling everything a story like you you see on websites the about us pages change to our stories and I look at it and go that's not a story it's a timeline so just don't (laughs) don't don't try to make it all sexy by calling it a story when you haven't Told a story but the fact that instagram it's called stories and facebook it's called post to your story in your insta story and i look at it and go well they're not really a story i mean s- some people do it quite well where they it sort of is a story but me you know me posting photos of the jigsaw puzzle i just did is not, and i'm putting it on my insta story is not a story or it's a very boring story so first of all i just find it amusing that everything is being called stories now when they're not really a story and the second one I guess was your main question around do we overshare? And the reality is yeah we probably do, but remember people are only oversharing on what they want to share about. So, you know, we're we're always seeing people's best version of themselves on social media and we need to be aware of that, especially when we're having, you know, pretty shitty day, don't compare your shitty self to the best version of someone else because you're never going to win that comparison. And I think some people have realized that when you become really vulnerable on social media and you pour your heart out, that that gets you a lot of you know, shares and likes and clicks. And, and, you know, there's science behind that because I love the work from um, Dr. Brené Brown because she talks about vulnerability, that it's the one thing most of us in a normal situation are reluctant to show, but when people do show it, we really admire and respect people for it. So I think that's happening in a lot of social media where people realised, oh, I, did, I showed vulnerability and I got this huge amount of traction from that one post, and in one way, that yes, that's good because that's what we respond to is vulnerability. It's just when people start doing that deliberately for a, an ulterior motive, and that's yeah, that's when you sort of yeah, and that's mm, when you go, off. oh, you're only bloody saying that because you know it's going to get likes, and um, so you know, I, I think when it. When it moves away from being authentic and not for the right reasons, that's that's when it actually starts to feel like manipulation.
0: And it's interesting, I think you were saying before around, you know, helping people, especially in business or if it's a person that's trying to raise their profile and that your clients that you kind of work with and stuff. When a lot of people say, oh, but my life's just, I just do what I do and it's boring and it's not really that exciting. Why would anyone be interested? Versus then, as you say, then we've got the extreme of people posting so much stuff online that you go, "Ooh, okay. How do you get to a sweet spot in the middle? Or how do you draw out those stories with your clients? Because I think that'd be interesting. The sweet spot with your social media is,
1: do you just find your sweet spot? And if someone else is annoying, you just, you know, hide them for a while. But with my clients, the it's a different process. So what I normally go in working with businesses is how do they bring their values to life through stories. So whether it's your company values or your own individual values, if you've got an, a value, say you've got a value of integrity or respect, you need to be understanding what that means to you personally and then then share a personal story. So I'm very much helping business people share a personal story. And what I mean by a personal story, it does, it, so this isn't about the most deepest, darkest fears or secrets they have. It's not about like letting it all out there, but it's a story not related to work. So it, it could be just a really simple, something simple that happened on the weekend or when they were growing up. So it's finding all these stories that have happened in their personal life but how do they connect that to a business message and communicate it in the business world? Because those personal stories, first of all, they're more interesting and engaging. So you've got people's attention. They're definitely better to help people understand the message and then remember it. And then, you know, like we said, if they need to retell other people, so a personal story will do that. So the real, the real skill is how you find the right personal story to connect it to a business message and that's that's where I normally go in and it is hard initially but I I take them through the process of how to find the stories and how to match them to the message and then I take them through that process of how to start the story what to put in the middle and most importantly how they're ending it so they get the message across but not in a really directive way like the moral of the story is.
0: And so do you do that with uh, corporates? I know you work with a lot of big organisations and have done in the past but or do you do also work with one-to-one? Do you work with individuals or not really?
1: I work with individuals but not in a one-to-one basis. A couple of times a year I run public workshops which means individuals can just come to them, to so, so, so those public works. So I'm not working with them individually but they're, they're normally pretty small, the workshops, so whether you just – you know, work in a company and you just want to do this training yourself or whether you are you run a small business and, you know, you, you can't afford me to get in and run a workshop for like two people, it's like it come to these workshops. Beautiful. And you're running those, yeah, at the moment? Yeah, yeah, actually we've just um, – yeah, because I run them virtually. We've actually just scheduled – Uh, three more for the rest of the year. So there's only three more. So two two are on storytelling and one is presenting with impact and they're coming up in october and november i think beautiful i'll put them in the show notes
0: also another uh, way people can connect and learn about your sort of philosophies on this is through your books because you've written only like seven or something <laughs> yeah who's counting <laughs> Blimey! not bad for someone who failed uh, hsc english just looking at some of your books behind you here so stories for work real connections and your latest book magnetic stories so tell me what the latest book is about and what people can expect from that
1: Yeah, so all my um, previous books were all about, I guess, uh, individuals. So really directed as you as an individual, how do you get better at storytelling? How do you get better at just communicating in a way that's real? So they were all around storytelling and real communication and authentic leadership and stuff like that. The latest book is more directed... companies that it's around brand storytelling so it actually still is for an individual but it's it's sort of made for the company to go so your brand like to me your brand is the stories people share about you you know when you're not around what are people saying about you and they're ultimately telling stories so you need to take control of that because your brand's important your, your brand will be whether people buy from you or um, hire you or work for you or invest in you or recommend you or refer you so it's pretty important so this whole concept of brand storytelling is how do you take control of your brand through the stories you share and clearly th- through the things you do that generates those stories. So I just sort of saw a whole heap of people that had really amazing stories to share and weren't sharing them because, you know, things we discussed before is like, why would anyone would be interested in that? So thinking no one would be interested and not realizing actually the power of stories. So the book is really about how to get clarity around what you want what you do want to be known for there's a whole heap of knowledge on my okay if you want to do this this is how you should go about doing it and mainly just some inspiration I I just had so much fun writing this book because I got to speak to so many people from around the world about the things they were doing with their stories that's what I hope the book gives people just some clarity some knowledge and some
0: inspiration to go you know your stories are important as well. If you have a topic burning inside you that you'd love to talk more about and have a conversation with me, I'd love to hear from you. So drop me a line at hello at wabisabiseries.com. Let's head back to the chat. And so tell me, um, what was it like to meet Barack Obama? Oh, my God. Thank you for asking that question, <laughs> Because my second question is who is the most amazing storyteller that you've ever come across? So come back to that. But, I mean, I just want to know about Barack yeah 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 so he is pretty good as a storyteller
1: so i got the opportunity probably about this time two years ago i got an email from the um obama foundation saying they wanted to speak to me about running storytelling training and you know when you get an email from that and you go is someone no, taking the I piss i don't know
0: because that's not happened to me
1: so <laughs> just saying yeah well when you get an email when you go the unexpected is someone, taking, yeah, yeah. is someone taking the piss or it's like, and you you know put my glasses on make sure i've read it properly and so anyway so so set up a meeting you know a really good meeting She's gone. oh my god this sounds exactly what we want oh, sorry how did they run... find you oh so they were running a leadership program for they run this uh, leadership program for young leaders i think young leaders are under 35 which makes me feel really old but um they ran it in africa quite a few years ago and they're running it in the asia pacific region so all across asia pacific 200 young leaders come together in Malaysia and they were actually looking for trainers from the region as well. So they weren't just bringing all their people from America over. So they wanted someone on storytelling. And the woman just said, I just looked up storytelling and she said, all roads led to you. And she said, as soon as I saw your website, I thought I need to speak to this woman. So they, they literally found me through searching. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. So it was in malaysia in december 2019 and uh, i have a bit of a rule that i don't travel when it's my kids birthdays and the day of it was my daughter's 19th birthday and so me being mother of the year I took her along. I took her along with me. And it was actually, I didn't realise that, you know, every other person that was going wanted to bring their partner along or there's someone along and they, they had to say no to everyone and they sort of said, we've only said yes to you. So don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't she's tell a, anyone. She's a pretend Alex, <laughs> pretend Alex, you're assistant, which is a bit hard when I've got Gabrielle Dolan and she's got Alex Dolan and we look alike and, and, I'm, and I'm introducing her as my daughter. Uh, anyway, so that was amazing. It was a five-day conference. It what was a great amazing.
0: experience for her, though. That would be the best birthday present ever. I know. And she studies
1: um, politics and international oh, studies, wow. so she was she was into it. And anyway, on the last day, he spoke. So the day before, Michelle Obama and Julia Roberts spoke. The actor, they were amazing. Michelle Obama is you talk good storytellers. Michelle Obama. I mean, she is she is a much better presenter than Barack Obama, and he's pretty good. The next day, he spoke, and um, we we were told there is no way known you're going to meet him. Like they said, he's literally flying in to do the and flying out, and so this was the last day of the conference. We thought he'd actually left, and I was just I was just sitting down speaking to one of the participants about their stories, and she wanted me to help her with some stuff, and then they got called in for the official photograph. So the 200 leaders went into this room for the official photograph. And then all of a sudden he walks past surrounded by bodyguards. There would have been about 10 people surrounding him. He went into the room and we're sitting there going, Oh my God. And one of the other speakers said, when he comes out, let's draw him to us with our energy. And she's going, I've been visualising this for the week. And normally I'd be going, oh, my God, look, you're a nutter. But I'm going, okay, okay. Whatever it takes. <laughs> and I, and I, all the guards, all the security guards came up and – they had their hand in their jacket. You know they had their hand on a gun and they would just sort of just go and remind you you're not allowed to approach him. You're not allowed to take – you like you were told, you're not allowed to take photos. You're not allowed to ask for photos. You're not allowed to – you're not allowed to speak to them unless he speaks to you. Anyway, he came out and we drew him <laughs> – with our energy. I think just because we all must have looked like giggling, you know, school kids, like waving fangirls, yeah. And and he saw the speak, like he saw our name tags with the speaker, and he actually broke ranks. He came over, he introduced himself to us, and he thanked us for being part of it. Um, and he said, let's get a photo with the speakers. So, um, I've got a photo and uh, me, again, Mother of the Year, I pushed Alex next to him. So there's a photo of Barack Obama, his arm around Alex, and then me next to Alex. Oh, how cool and is that? And that's, that's sitting, that's straight in the pool room in the office. Oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> what a great story. I don't, I don't quite, I almost want to finish on that, but I do want to know who is... Whether it's the best storyteller you've ever come across in your life, or whether it's a, a moment in time, just a single story that you ever heard that was just the most phenomenal story.
1: I think that's hard to narrow it down, and I think I think I'd even be reluctant to say what's the most amazing story because I think any story is is really good, and I don't. I based on what I just said, I don't want to think it has to be this most amazing story to be effective. I think any story is um, any story you remember is powerful. I think. There's a lot of really, really good storytellers that I've come across and work with in business. But if I mentioned their name, you probably wouldn't even know them. So it sort of makes me think I have to go to some of the most sort of well-known ones. And and Barack Obama was a good storyteller. I think he, he got elected because he was a good speaker and he shared stories that tapped into emotion and it tapped into the emotion of um, hope. In the Australia, terms I think um, Alan Joyce, CEO of Qantas, I think he's a good storyteller. If you and um, if you can understand he, him,
0: sorry,
1: yeah, 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 his Irish accent. As, as long as it's it, a bit
0: hard, as, as long as it doesn't have the word three in it. Three. <laughs> I come from Irish heritage, so I'm fine. But most people can't understand him. That's cute, but he's
1: a good storyteller. Maybe he's Irish, so he's got an added advantage. I, oh, I never any, thought of that. So Scottish, you get Billy Connolly. He is the most like first of all, funny, funny, funny comedian. But the reason he was so funny, it was just stories. He would do story after story. So it wasn't like great. Great example. He yeah. was a storyteller and they were funny. And he would speak for two hours and somehow the last story always ended up like the first story. And I'll tell you recently I just listened to Dolly Parton's audiobook and it's called it's called the Song Teller.
0: Oh, um, wow. Because okay.
1: all her songs are stories. God, I, I sort of always liked Dolly Parton, but she's she's amazing. Like that song she has written. So you sort of think of her as a singer and you go, oh, she only had a handful of hits. The song she has written for other people is just it's unbelievable. Yeah, and so, yeah, I grew up with yeah, her.
0: My mum was a mad fan. So, I listened to that podcast they did of her um, a couple of years ago. And I, the same with you. I was blown away by the information. So, but I'll um, I have to look into that. And she's done, she's actually
1: uh, like got this um, foundation where she delivers books to all school students, uh, like underprivileged families. And she, that came about because her dad couldn't read. And it's, it's even in Australia. She does it. She does it like in, I don't know. Like thirty odd countries, including Australia, and she's amazing. She um, bankrolled the Moderna vaccine. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, she is. So she's obviously loaded. Um yeah. But is, oh, yeah. is is putting it? <laughs> well, didn't a she make
0: millions and millions of dollars just on the um, "I'll Always Love You" Whitney Houston thing alone? Yeah. And yeah. that Elvis Presley so I... tried to get that song, and she didn't wouldn't let him sing it. So yeah, I don't know if yeah, you know that so, part of the story. I,
1: well, I didn't know she had written that song until I listened to um, her audiobook. It's it's sort of a, it's sort of an audiobook, but it's like a a
0: podcast, it's like a very very yeah, long right. podcast. But yeah, she's well, she's, an she's a good storyteller. storyteller. Well, what a beautiful yeah. uh, person to finish on. The good old Dolly Parton. I love it. Gabrielle, it's been so awesome to chat to you today. I um, There's so much more I want to dig into, but we will do that when we next catch up, hopefully in person sometime soon. And we get to have a, uh, a glass of wine together. It would be lovely to see you. But thank you for sharing all that uh, information today. I think a lot of people will get some really good points from that for, for you and about us being more authentic in a leadership and, I guess, just generally in life.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. It's been great.
0: If you'd like to learn more about today's guest, you'll find all the show notes and interesting links on our website, wabi sabi If you'd like to hear more unexpected conversations, please subscribe to the series, follow us on our socials, or grab one of my books. And if you're in a generous mood... I'd love you to share the episode or maybe even rate, review and comment on the series. It really does make a difference. Until next time, be sure to claim your own piece of wabi-sabi and walk proud in your perfect imperfection.